Dog here. Don't pretend like you don't know who I am. And welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Merchandise and Memories podcast. Wrestling Merchandise and Memories is, of course, brought to you by CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, your scrapbook for wrestling merchandise and memories. And as always, I am accompanied by the fountain of misinformation, the star of the number one trending film right now, Jack of All Trades, the one and only Stu Stone. Wow. Stu, how the hell are you? What a pop. What a pop. A Funko pop. Let's talk about your movie for a second. Jack of All Trades. Yeah, we haven't really had a chance to give it a a proper plug. Jerk of All Trades. Jack of All Trades uh, starring professional wrestling superstar Colt Boom Boom Cabana. He's in the movie. But what's it about? Like, tell tell the people. Uh, if anyone collected um, wrestling figures, there's a chance they may have also collected baseball cards or hockey cards or garbage pail kids or wrestling cards. Uh, this is all about the trading card industry that uh, of the late '80s and early '90s, roughly the same era that we cover um, here on this program when it comes to uh, wrestling merchandise and memories, if I'm not mistaken. So during that same roughly era. Baseball cards were huge, and so this movie sort of investigates what happened to baseball cards, and there's a, a whole family drama, and whoa, something's not right, you know? Something's not right, and uh, I have to get to the bottom of it and figure it out. So uh, you can watch it on Netflix in Canada or the United States of America, Jack of All Trades. It's amazing. I mean, how many people are, are uh, watching this now and talking about it and giving it rave reviews? It is really something you need to check out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And and speaking of things that people need to check out, uh, our last episode, the wrestling merch grab bag. What kind of feedback did you get on that one, Stu? Uh, I got some feedback, uh, very limited feedback, but the feedback that I got was quite uh, positive. People seem to be into it. I got less limited feedback than you. I, I got actually a ton. Oh, you did? Of, yeah, yeah. People loved it. They want to hear more from us. And uh, they're, they're, they're digging the little niche that we're carving here, talking about wrestling merchandise and memories specifically. Gotcha. So yeah. give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're not on iTunes necessarily, but don't let that stop you. To spread the word. Tell people. Get on your Twitter. Uh, go to social media. Spread the word. Wrestling merchandise and memories is here. And... In terms of our, our topic this week, um, just to give you some background here, uh, it began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill grace and courage (laughs) they did it to honor their gods they did it to honor their kings they did it to train train their soldiers they did it to compete you're you're finishing yeah anyways <laughs> you want to talk about that part at the beginning? Oh, I know exactly. Well, what it's you're the talking theme about. to our show. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. They've already so we heard the, the song. You're um, hearing it twice. You're hearing the original version, and then you're hearing the, the Stu Stone Star acapella live, live version, the Pentatonics version, if you will, the Nylons version, if you will. Shout yes. out to Canadian um, acapella group, the Nylons, who had a hit, uh, "Na Na Hey 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 Goodbye" in like '86 or '87. Do you remember that? I do nah, remember that. Nah. 
Na na na. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking okay. about. Uh, so that's the the theme of our show, the nylons. See, <laughs> I am not prepped when I come here because the Bulldogs like, hey, come on down to the studio, and I've got a nice topic for us, and I want it to be natural, right? But you caught on right away. Right you knew away. exactly as what it was. As your first sentence came out, I have a feeling that we're going to be covering the great company known as Coliseum Video. I'd like to lock that in as my final answer. You're absolutely correct. We're going to be. Thank you. So we are going to be talking about Coliseum Video today, and just to set the stage, because like I mean, we're old fucks uh, if we can be honest about it, and you know it's a different culture today. Today you want to watch wrestling, you just turn on your your WWE Network machine, you pop on the Netflix, watch YouTube, whatever it is, you can watch wrestling at the at the push of a button. But back then, in the 1980s, it was a lot different. So I want to talk a little bit about the process um, to find these elusive Coliseum videos. And, and Stu, what did it mean to you? I mean, it was everything. I mean, literally, no BSing. Coliseum videos were the ultimate thing. I mean, when we were kids and we would get driven by our parents to the video store, the first section you go to is the wrestling video section and see what's in there. And whenever there was new releases, it was like, you if, if I if I had to get that tape because otherwise it's gone. Otherwise you grabbed it or some other kid grabbed it. They only had one or two copies of any given wrestling video. And, you know, if you got shut out at the gate of Coliseum Videos, you would end up going home with, with uh, VHS copies of, you know, Grunt, the wrestling movie, or I Like to Hurt People, or, you know, videos that aren't in the same caliber as the great Coliseum videos. You're knocking I like to hurt people? Or I am. you just, yeah. So, I mean, for me, there was no other way to watch like sort of premium wrestling product because there weren't pay per views. Like I said, there was absolutely no social media. There was nothing. Um, so you would have to to order or rent these these bulky videos that were in these like giant clamshell cases like uh, Disney uh, VHS tapes used to be back in the day. Yeah, and also uh, they retailed for like $200, $300 for, for one video. No fooling, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so this this was the shit. This was exactly, you know, what the, the only access you would have to this action. And uh, WWF, knowing that they were sort of getting in at the ground floor of the, the developing home video market, uh, would put out, you know, anywhere between five and 15 releases every year. Uh, customized to what was what was new and going on. So some of them were were the big like super cards like your WrestleManias, but a lot of them were more like mixtapes, comps. Yeah, um, and and that's so I've got here in my uh, trusty sheet of paper just a list of all the Coliseum video releases ever. Yes. Holy shit, we got to go through that. We do, because I, I know you like you know you like to have the, the documentation there. Yeah, I've also printed out. Um, I'd actually hoped to print out every single match on every single Coliseum wow. video, but I was at work today and uh, there was a printer jam. Ooh. So I'm hoping that uh, somebody doesn't Detroit come in the morning. Yeah, well, I'm hoping somebody doesn't come in tomorrow morning and and fish out like the best of the killer bees out of the the company printer. It's a short video. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what what I want to start though with is the very first Coliseum video Can release I guess ever. What it was? That's that's what my question was going to be. So I have three guesses. I'm going to go with three different guesses. All right, and I'm hoping one of them is correct. Shoot, the three. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was just making sure the. Uh, it looks like there's only one microphone working. No, I think they're both working. <laughs> my my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. 
I wasn't saying. You were saying. <laughs> Those would be my three guesses. If I had to narrow it down to one mm -hmm. video, the first video release might have been Hulkamania, the Hulk Hogan video. Those are excellent guesses. Yes. And in fact, two of them are within the top three oh. to be released. Unfortunately, you don't have the first one. Ooh, can I still keep guessing? Sure. Uh, the big event? Big event was way later. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Hmm. Bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Hmm. I, 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 it's not best to tell you to have volume one? The it's wrestling not. classic? No. WrestleFest? No. <laughs> I give up. You actually just said it. Bleeps, bloopers. Sorry. Oh, bloopers, wrestling. bleeps, and body slams was the first one? It was the first release. I said it. You said it after ah, the fact. Ah, snap. <laughs> so. I had that video. You did. So let's let's relive that a little bit. kind of makes sense for that to be the first release because like in the sports home video world, like blooper videos, like sports blooper videos were very popular back then. So a wrestling blooper video is probably a good entry into the uh, into the uh, into the marketplace for for Vince. I guess so. But did you know that there was actually a previous uh, home video about wrestling that was before the, the Coliseum video, the WWF folks? No. What was it? It was called Lords of the Ring. It was done like by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Oh, I, I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. But WWF matches weren't on there. No, no, no. This was the first. Like this was yeah, the you first. You could get that in the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine and shit. Yes. Yeah, was... but that, that didn't have WWF matches. No, it didn't. I'm saying that was the first home video release. Oh. It beat bleeps, bloopers, and No, I remember sense. a Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you know, I remember that video you're speaking of. I had it. Do um, you still have it? I probably do. Yeah. Maybe maybe worth a pretty penny these days. Um, but the other thing with bleeps, bloopers, and body slams, that was a big... Bloopers, bleeps, and bo body slams. I'm sorry, and I'm looking at it right in front of me. Yes, bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Yes. It's a mouthful. Um, that was a big like theme on television at the time. There was like bloopers and practical jokes. Oh, I and there love was that a, show. Yeah, there's like a bunch of them that were on TV. So I guess it did make sense from that standpoint. It wasn't it wouldn't be the first thing that I would have, you know, picked up on necessarily. But I'll go through some of the the uh the highlights here. Can I guess? <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. It's like Captain Lou's gonna be on there somewhere. Captain Lou's on like probably all of these, but <laughs> uh, yes, you're correct. Like Roddy Piper interviewing like Willie Frankie Williams. Um I do not see that on here. I give up. Oh, uh, like George the Animal Steel, like learning how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go Fuji, through these. Fuji Vice. All right, go ahead. So the, the very first thing you ever see on a Coliseum Home video is classic Freddie Blassie giving love advice on TNT. Ah, classic. But then you get into a, a actual wrestling match, and I'm sure you're going to guess what this is. I'm not. Take a guess. Like King Kong Bundy versus like um, Sky Lolo. Close. Iron Mike Sharp against Steve Gray. Who's Steve Gray? He's a jabroni who lost his toupee in the match. Oh, really? That's, that's why they chose it. Is that a real thing? Well, apparently. I don't remember that. Unless unless my research is wrong. I would like to watch that. That sounds hilarious. Maybe we'll do that after as part yeah, of the rap sure. uh, activities there. Uh, then you move on to Tiger Chung Lee trying to break bricks with karate chops. Oh, that probably didn't end well. <laughs> so far, the WWF's debut home video... Opens with an Iron Mike Sharp match and a Tiger Chung Lee segment. Wow. And classic Freddie Blassie, well, to yes. be fair. To be fair. So I, I guess the thing is, this will be a recurring theme as we review these videos. To us as as stupid Mark children, 
it seemed like a really good idea. Oh my god, I can't believe we're getting to see this like premium content. But really, it was it was questionable at best. Some of the quality of these things. I I I, I loved it. Well, of course, I could watch the it. same video like a hundred times. All right, so you move on from there. There is a Captain Lou Albano uh, uh, segment from TNT. Then you've got a super pose down between Tony Atlas and Paul Orndorff. Ooh, I would have liked to have watched that. Who do you think won that one? I'm gonna go with uh, disqualification of some kind. <laughs> I, w- I would guess that Possible as well. Baby oil in the eyes or some <laughs> kind of gimmick. You've got the Iron Sheik with a camel from oh, TNT. That's probably really funny. It probably is. Uh, no, for real. Like Sheik is really funny. He's a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got classic Freddie Blassie and Friday, the former uh, Kamala handler. Yep. Uh, then you've got Dana Carpenter against the Haiti Kid. Not sure who Dana Carpenter is. Carpentier. No, that's that's somebody else. Eduardo Carpentier. No. Why would he be fighting the Haiti Kid on a, a video called Bloops Bleepers and the hot the uh, the Haiti Kid was super over. He was absolutely. He was a big star of the early days. Then you've got your guy Ivan Putsky doing a polka. You've got Hulk Hogan making protein shakes. Oh, that's funny with uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Yes. And I believe he was talking about like how it gives him the juice to succeed or something like yeah. that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the segment. Uh, you've got Captain Lou back giving some love advice. I guess he's competing with Giving Love Advice people. was very a, a, like a very hot angle in the eighties. It was very blooper friendly, I guess. Uh you've got the wild Samoans cooking, so you know you're in trouble there. And usually they like to eat their food raw, so that's a controversial segment. It is, yeah. How are they gonna cook that? Uh they don't even have like electricity or like stoves. You've got Captain Lou back on oh, from a third TNT. time. See, I remember that Lou was the star of that video. I think basically any Coliseum home video, Captain Lou would have a pretty starring role until he left the company. Uh, you've got Salvatore Belomo. Guess what he's making? Uh, pasta. Close. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Good old Sal. Then you Sal had a push. <laughs> we were too young to realize that. This was yeah from 1985, from uh, May of 1985. Salvatore Belomo. Good for him. Then you've got another wrestling match because this is a wrestling video. You've got Adrian. No, sorry, it's not. It's not a wrestling match. Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch visiting Texas and New York City. Oh, that's probably wild. Hilarity probably ensued. <laughs> then you've got. Let's I gotta just get my hands on this video. It, it's not available on YouTube. I can tell you that much. Although WWE Network, I think, has most of the Coliseum videos now. In in the last year or so. Uh, you've got Luscious Johnny Valley, and guess what he's doing? Uh, giving love advice? <laughs> Is he really? Jeez. Who's booking this? <laughs> I'm guessing it's Vince. Um, you've got Andre the Giant singing the fish song. You've probably seen that clip before. Is that love advice? No, no, it's not love advice. It's just it's musical I don't remember. talent he's got. Uh, then you've got a Piper's Pit with Cindy Lauper. Mm. And then you've got Butcher Vashon's wedding reception. So maybe he's receiving the love advice from these guys. And then he Butcher decides Vashon to get Butcher Vashon at a wrestling wedding? He did. Man, that's before our time. This was on TNT. Ah. So it was before like Uncle Elmer got married and, and all of that stuff. Um, what I notice about this is that there were no bloopers to be had. These are just actual segments that maybe like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And a side note, if you want like actual bloopers in hilarity, there's some really great Mean Gene outtakes out there on YouTube. Uh, just like so fucking funny. Mean Gene interviewing Iron Sheik and Greg Valentine and a couple other guys. And it's just like in Kamala, Gene gives Kamala the gears because yeah, he missed he's, a booking or he, he didn't show up for interviews in Milwaukee or but something. He's, he's out of character. 
Kamala. Yeah, and he's talking. Yeah, yeah. And Kamala takes the mic and talks. So there's some really great actual bloopers out there. Of course, in the later years, when I had a satellite dish, as you know, as a youngster, I had a satellite dish. My dad used to watch like sports and football and college football and horse racing because he was uh, a sports fan. <laughs> Uh, this is all covered in Jack of All Trades, which yes, is trending now on Netflix. Correct. Uh, we got the wrestling pay-per-views, and sometimes when the satellite feed, when the wrestling pay-per-view would end, you would see them doing promos and stand-ups for the home video releases or a future episode of something. And I remember seeing like some of those stand-ups. And I wonder why they would show those on satellite. Like why they wouldn't just well, because they're probably boom. sending the feed back to Connecticut or whatever. To, Interesting. You know, so you get it live. Yeah. So bleeps, bloopers, and body, body bloopers, slams. Bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Exactly. And practical jokes. Uh, is that something you'd want to watch today? Yes. Okay. I think just out of novelty, but not, I wouldn't watch it expecting to laugh. Um, It would be more just like to, for the nostalgia. Right. It's a nostalgia. Yeah. Kick for sure. So the next. I'm imagining the cover though is like Captain Lou Albano getting like hit on the head with like by the Samoans or something. Yeah, I, I believe it's Afa. Yeah. He's being hit. Yeah. So that that's a blooper. Which they didn't even include in the collection. Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. Like it says Remember Captain when Lou. Captain Lou gets hit with that wooden chair and his head goes through the chair. I think that's when like Rocky Johnson wins the tag team belts. I thought that was Rowdy Roddy Piper hitting him. No, no, you're thinking of the record. The gold yeah, record. The I'm gold talking record. about it's like a wooden chair. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Samoans against Rocky Johnson and uh Tony Atlas. And Albano gets hit, goes to hit him with the chair, and his head, the, I think his Sika's head goes through the wooden chair. And then, you know, Rocky Johnson and Tony Ellis win the belts. And that's that's the picture from? That's the picture, I believe, that's on the cover. Is Interesting. That, that, like Lou hitting the chair. We can Google that, though. I'll, I'll, I'll Google that while you keep. Uh... Okay. That's a good project. Um, So the next video we're going to cover, the best of the WWF. There were, I believe, 20 or so of these releases, and they came out about once a year. And I guess the, the thing to me, we'll go through, you know, some of the, the clips on this, but this was as random as you could possibly get. This was like a mixtape of a wrestling. Shit, my memory is incredible. Let's see this. There you go. Captain Lou hitting uh, Alpha with a, with a, a chair, chair, with a wooden chair. Yeah. And what I does it say on that? I got that and I knew that. I can I can totally believe remarkable. that. Yeah. What does it say in terms of the description? Uh, on the box, yeah, it says the uh, the world's most entertaining sport, wrestling's bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. That's it. That would get a few video rentals. I feel so. Best of WWF Volume One. I'm just going to go through this really quickly. Just some of the uh, the clips that really consist of the best of the, the the company possibly had to offer after decades of of video footage. Uh, so we start off with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant against Dick Murdoch, Adrian Adonis, and Big John Studd. Wow, that's a match. It sure is. Then you've got Fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Rector. I have no memory of that match, that Andre Hogan tag match. I, I do remember that one. I mean, I definitely watched these videos religiously, so I've seen it, but I just don't remember it. Uh, then we've got a special on Gorilla Monsoon where he takes on Baron Skikluna. Okay. <laughs> and then you've got the angle with Muhammad Ali. Which oh, that's good. That's, it's actually, that's worth seeing. I think just, it's so that's interesting. That's worth the price of admission. Yeah. You've got Superfly Jimmy Snuka against Bobby Bass, which is just like a preliminary match. So why is that important? I don't, Superfly Snuka was like monument, like so important to these, 
these early uh, WWF home video releases for some well, reason. Well, I think we've talked about this before, but if we haven't, correct, stop me if we have, but if Snuka doesn't get in that legal altercation with the young lady died and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. if that altercation doesn't take place, Snuka is the go is the one who's main eventing WrestleMania against Roddy Roddy Piper. Snuka goes and that all happens, and that's when Vince has to fucking, what am I going to do now? That's when Hulk comes over and takes the spot. But I am of the opinion, and I hope, if I haven't told you this before, mm-hmm. I'm going to start this right now, but I have a theory that Snuka was the top guy. He was the box office draw. He was the first LJM figure that was out the gate. He was the guy. Snuka was jumping off the cage. He was the sellout, selling out Madison Square Garden, whatever, whatever. He gets in that legal problem. Vince has to pivot. And Snook, I mean, listen, the feud setting up with Snooka was what? Piper. Piper hits him with the coconut. They never have their blow off. It ends up being Hogan versus Piper. See, I could, I could have seen him in that top inner circle of guys, but I don't think he well, was. Hogan wasn't there yet, is my point. Yeah. If Snooka doesn't get arrested, maybe Hogan never comes. Maybe, but could you really see Superfly as the the top guy? Well, he in the already was company? because he they already sold out Madison Square Garden already with Snuka jumping off the cage and all that stuff. So you're saying it would be Superfly, Snuka, and Mr. T? Against- no, no, I would say it was Snuka versus Piper was probably their first plan. But that's there's no way that's WrestleMania. Well, that's a Madison Square. That's not that didn't even make it to the best of the WWF volume. It could one. have been Snuka. It could have been Snuka and Mr. T. I don't know. I don't know the plans. Maybe my theory's wrong, but I just know Snooker was a top guy, and I was just backing up your point that like a Jimmy Snooker squash match could show up on this video and be a big deal because Snooker was a big deal. Can we get Carl DeMarco on the phone to settle this? I can this try to call him. I can I call him. You, I think you might. I can know. ask Colt Cabana. Can't get him on the horn. All right, we'll we'll leave that one just hanging there. Should I ask Iron right. Sheik? Should I just phone Sheik? <laughs> he he would know. He would he be would closer know. more than Cabana. I feel. Yeah. Um. So after the the Snuka Bobby Bass match that we uh, we talked about, uh, we've got a Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snuka. I don't know if you've ever seen that one before, but there's a, a coconut that gets involved. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you may have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got Roddy Piper He's... against Jimmy Snuka. Okay. <laughs> so that's the next match. And who won that? I don't remember. I I feel like it was Snuka by DQ, something yeah. like that. Piper doesn't that get pinned. Right. No, no, Piper wouldn't have lost. I don't right. think he ever got pinned. I can't remember seeing Piper. He's get, being pinned, but in WWF, I'm he not, lost to I, Bret Hart. Okay, but that's like twenty years later. I'm talking about in that first run. No, definitely he not. He never got pinned. He didn't do many jobs. No, but I can't think of one time Hogan didn't even pin him. Andre, maybe. When did I, when did Andre fight Piper? I feel like that was a house show somewhere, maybe in Poughkeepsie, and it still wouldn't like have been that. a pinfall. No, probably not. I'll concede that point. I'm I'm not going to go people all the way with you. With your, people your, call Hogan like the ultimate politician. Piper never got pinned. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yes. Um. But but having said so, I I I'm not I'm on the fence about your Snuka conspiracy theory. Fair. It, there's some holes but, in it clearly. But, but did Piper do jobs? Theory. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh, from there we move on to Black Tiger versus the Cobra. Ah. For the WWF Junior, junior. Heavyweight Title. Yeah. Yes. Then Is that you, Tiger Mask. Black Tiger. So it's just two lucha random lucha dudes. Yeah, they, I think the, the it's like Mondo Guerrero in a hood. <laughs> the, it was just like it was compelling because they were both in masks. That's that's all you really needed at that point. Uh, and then you've got a really interesting piece of business. And I remember watching this on the video so well. Hulk Hogan training Mean Gene. Yeah, of course. For G- a match in Minnesota. Genomania. Yes. 
And who'd they go fight? Uh, it was against Bobby Heenan, Bundy, and Stud. No, it was uh, George the Animal Steel and Mr. Fuji. Wow, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, I would have lost a million points on that. It's a classic match. So Hogan was feuding with George the Animal Steel. When was that? It was early in his like his, after he won the championship. Huh. I don't. Let's see. If like I my have. early memories of George the Animal Steel are babyface George. I don't have yeah. any memories of ba- of evil George. So this would have been in August of 1984. So probably. Bo- before we were really, really super into things. Got it. All right. And that's, is that all I've got on? Yes, I guess that one got caught. That's a good video. Oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah, there is more. So we've got the aforementioned Hulk Hogan and Gene Okerlund versus George Steele and Mr. Fuji. Yep. Uh, Then you've got Bruno Sammartino versus Larry Zbysko. Really? Yeah. And this is the match where Zbysko turned heel. Yeah. I didn't know that was on WWF programming. I guess it had to be because it was Bruno. Yeah. And Stupid it's, me. Yeah, and it was from 1980. Wow. And then... It's a good piece of business. It is. And then seven months later, they had the match between yeah. them. Yeah, Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium and the Steel Cage match. And which Hogan and Bruno Andre won. on the undercard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the video. So not a bad best of video. Great video. There were There's some, some questionable moments uh, on I there. I would say overall, you have a lot of classic moments. Obviously, missing is Hulk Hogan winning the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Mm-hmm. But you have... Snooker and Piper, you have uh, Muhammad Ali, Gorilla Monsoon, you have Gino Mania and Hogan, you have uh, Zabisco and Bruno, so there's some really good stuff there. No Andre though, I noticed that. You would think that I he would have. Andre had... teams with you said. Andre... Oh yeah, the first match. Yeah, Andre okay. teams with Hogan to face. Uh, yeah. You know the Berserker and Kane. I forget what you said. <laughs> they were in a tag match. Oh, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch and Big John's dad. Big John and BJS. Yes. And Big John said, commentate. To me, like, I'd say like 98% of these videos have some sort of like eight man tag team match involving like Andre the Giant, Tony Atlas, and like the Samoans against Spiros, Arion. You got to get guys on the card. Yeah. But anyways, I I digress. Um, And and to your point about Hulk Hogan, the reason that he probably didn't have his Iron Sheik match is because there was a a completely separate Hulkamania video, the first of like seven of them. So we're going to move on to the WWF's most unusual matches, Mm, which is... I had that uh, video. And this is like right around that same time it was released. What kind of matches would you consider to be unusual? Tuxedo match or evening gown match. Tuxedo match? Uh, I do not see that one. Um, uh, like uh, like a King Kong Bundy versus like a little person. No, that was WrestleMania three. Ooh. Uh, an unusual match. Mm-hmm. Just crazy, like it could never happen. Scaffold match. No. Evening gown match. No. Handicap match. Um, Texas tornado match. There is a Texas tornado match. Steel cage match. There is a steel cage match. Uh, no disqualification match. <laughs> lumberjack match. There is a lumber. The lumberjack match opens things up. All right, let's hear what. You so got. basically, yeah, like their definition of unusual matches is only just, if you're like a fucking idiot and you've never watched wrestling before. Fair. Because these aren't these aren't that unusual. Uh, so you start off with uh, your guy Tito Santana. Yes. Against the Hammer, Greg Valentine. Dog in, collar. Uh, this is the lumberjack match. Lumberjack. Yes. Probably from like London, Ontario, Good. or something like that. Power pack card. Yes. Then you move Don't on. Don't you dare to... fucking miss it. <laughs> then you go uh, six years earlier. Chief J Strongbow against Greg Valentine in an Indian strap match. Ooh. Very unusual. Racially charged. Yes. That wouldn't fly today. 
Uh, then you've got Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton against the Junkyard Dog and Jimmy Superfly Snuka in a Texas Tornado match. Wow. I'd want to see that one. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. Although, by all accounts, if you listen to stories about Junkyard Dog, he, as popular as he was, he was like hurting guys in the ring. That's I'm, from interviews I've been listening to lately. JYD works stiff. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Or sloppy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be quoted as saying that. I just heard that. <laughs> That's not my opinion. You, I just you, just, heard that. you literally just said that on a podcast. Yeah, but I heard that on another podcast. This is how like Jim Cornette gets in trouble. You yeah, know, I didn't say that. JYD's <laughs> the man. Um, and then, oh my God, look! This is just so crazy. A women's battle royal. Oh, from the 1960s. Ooh, wow! That isn't. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna. There was go like out enough a, women wrestling in 1960s to make a battle royal. It's probably six women or something like that. Okay. And I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say Mula wins it. But that's interesting, but probably not. No, I don't know. Is she in it? Well, I don't know. It doesn't tell me. Um, and then you've got a battle royal, followed just a men's battle royal. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this. I believe that Big John Stud won this one. Probably Andre. No, it was, it was Big John Stud, BJS, okay. as you refer to him. Right. And the final three were Stud, Andre the Giant, and Hulk Hogan. And Stud threw both Andre and Hogan out ah, together. Nice move. Yeah. And then he would replicate that move uh, years later, uh, sans Andre, uh, to win the 1989 Royal Rumble. That was DiBiase and Akeem. Yes. <laughs> Same idea, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Superfly Snooka against the Magnificent Morocco in a steel cage match. Ah, that's the one. That's the one Mick Foley was ringside for. Tommy Dreamer as well, I think. And one of the Dudley boys, I believe, was, Those was damn there Dudleys. for it. Yeah. They didn't really focus in on that in this home video they should have they should have for sure and then here's here's a weird match magnificent morocco and captain lou albano against superfly jimmy snooka again and arnold scoland that's a power pack match that's yeah that's that's something uh it's unusual i'll give them that mm-hmm. they aren't lying when they say that arnie and then we've got haystacks calhoun oh baby peter mayavia oh shit and Larry Zabisco. Larry Z? Yeah. Take a guess who they're against. Adrian You're Adonis. wrong. <laughs> Butcher Vachon. Ah. Moose Monroe. Oh, Moose. And Strong Kobayashi. I don't know any of those people. No. I'm guessing the, the faces went over there. And then the last match on the most unusual matches uh, release was Andre the Giant, Salvatore Balomo. Andre team with Sal Balomo? Yes. Is that during the pizza push? <laughs> The pizza push. Uh, Rocky Johnson, Pedro Morales, and Superfly Snooka. Wow, that's a hell of a team. Not bad. It's a Hall of Famers there and Sal Balomo. Against Mr. Fuji. Ah. Magnificent Morocco. Uh-oh. Buddy Rose. Playboy? Yeah. Billy Graham. Super? <laughs> and Ray Stevens. The Crip. Yeah. In a three out of five falls match. Jesus Christ. Part of my French, but... Who the hell's watching that? Three out of five falls with those ten guys? <laughs> Woof. Yeah, that's from nineteen eighty. I gotta watch that match. Do you though? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, a hell of a fucking video. I'd I'd give that one a hard pass. I'm watching it. All right. Uh and you're watching the 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 ten man. I I'd love to. All right. All right. So now we're going from there to the biggest, smallest, strangest, strongest. It seems like there's a so, theme here of uh WWF sort of like self-deprecating titles 
Yeah, it's like this this whole circus effect. Like, like we've the got first, the craziest. The, yeah, like the first four releases are like most unusual matches, world's funniest matches, biggest bloopers, schmucks on a pole, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and these aren't these aren't in order, by the way. I'm just going through some random ones, so it's not. Uh, don't hold me to that. So, who are some of the people you'd you'd consider the biggest, smallest, strangest, or strongest? Andre, mm-hmm. Haiti Kid. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I think he's there. Ivan Putsky. Putz, uh, there's a different Ivan there, but not, there's two different Ivans, Patera. but not Putzky. Uh, wonderful. Paul Orndorff is, I believe, represented. Atlas. I do not see Tony Atlas here. RCD. <laughs> no, this is before the days of Teddy RCD. Kazmaier. No, no Bill Kazmaier. I think I got a lot of them. Superstar He's- Billy. Jesse the Body. No Jesse Ventura here yet. Uh, Don Morocco. Dino nope. Bravo. Nope. I think I got like some good ones there. They were good people for sure. But Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff is there. Yes, he's represented. So, Ivan Rodriguez. <laughs> no? Uh, no, that's that's a pass. Um, so we start off with Andre the Giant yes. against Samula. Who? I think I feel like that's like the Tonga kid, but okay. when he was a keel. Uh, and then we go all the way back to 1964. Got a Bobo Brazil Freddie Blassie match. Ah, that's probably good. Then you've got some some highlights from Haystacks Calhoun. Ah, yes. I remember growing up, my parents spoke highly about Haystacks. What did they say about him? They were just like, oh, Haystacks, the biggest guy. Haystacks, it was just like a thing. Haystacks. He was like a household name at one point. Doesn't sound like they were speaking very highly of him. Well, they were just like, they were like, I remember Jim, just like his name. But was it like dinner conversation like that? They hey, stacked Calhoun. No, like, what a man! Like ro- rolling around, like uh, uh, you know, in pillow fighting, and uh, someone would be haystacks and like jump on you. Wouldn't that be insulting though? Wouldn't that say like you're really fat? If you're- well, listen, you know, th- these were this is a long time ago uh, right. when you could do those types of jokes. Yeah, that that is all captured by the way in the new documentary Jack, Jack of All of Trades, all trades yeah. which is available now on exactly. Netflix. Yes. So just wanted to throw that out there. Sure. Uh, we go from Haystacks to Ernie Ladd. Ah, the cat, the big, the big, the big boy. Yeah, and he's got some highlights here. Then Ivan Koloff uh, got some highlights as well. And then if you're gonna have a Gorilla Monsoon match, who do you think he'd be up against from 1971? Ah, uh, Killer Kowalski. That would be a good guess. Um, but it's the Wolfman. Ah, uh, the I don't know who that is. He's the guy who invented the Eddie Wolfpack. Cre- Eddie Cre- Creechin or whatever is that who you're talking about? No, not Eddie the Brain Creechman. Ah, uh, who lived next door to us as a or his uncle did. I, I don't is know. Is that true? Yeah. One one of the Creechman clan did. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, then you've got Piper's Pit with Blackjack Mulligan. Oh, I don't recall that one. You've got Hulk Hogan against Big John Studd from '84. PJS. Uh, you got highlights of Nikolai Volkov, who is not the biggest, strangest, smallest, or strongest in my mind. He's strong. What do you mean? Volkov is like a fucking built like a tank. You do you know this? But is he the strongest? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's debatable. No, it's not. Do you watch? Uh, do you watch uh, the current product? Yes. Have you heard of a guy called Volter? Yes. That's like Nikolai. Nikolai had that same look and build. Okay. We're, uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't know how to debate there that. There is a similar look there. That's like barrel-chested. Nikolai was a barrel-chested big guy. Like he was like built like a 1940s bodybuilder. I'm just saying you've got like Tony Atlas and you've got like yeah, Paul Orndorff. Nikolai was the. Was, he looked pretty clean. 
I'm not I'm not doubting, you know, whether he was clean or not. I'm just saying Nikolai you know, was jacked to the gills. All right. Barrel chested, strongman, legit tough guy. Even his partner, Yaron Sheik, looked more jacked. Sheik was also a fucking built like a fucking truck. Right, but I'm saying if you're putting a video out that says the biggest, the strongest, the strangest, the I smallest. I would put I would consider Volkov to be one of the strongest. All right. We'll leave, we'll leave it there. I'm not not sure. Uh, Barrel chested, for- like Colt Cabana. Yes. And Walter. And Walter. Um, we go from King from there, King Kong Bundy against Tony Gurria. Ah. Hillbilly Jim against Rene Goulet. Wow. Now, how does Hillbilly Jim? Are you gonna say he's he's the biggest? He's pretty big. He's like six seven, six eight. The biggest? He's pretty big. You've got Ernie Ladd, you've got Haystacks Calhoun, and then Hillbilly fucking Jim. Hillbilly like Jim he's, is he's not in the conversation. He is. He was a big guy. He was a big, big guy. He's like six seven, I'm gonna say. Then you've got Piper's Pit. He may have been six <laughs> eleven. No. Piper's Pit with Hold him. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey hey Siri. <laughs> How tall is Hillbilly Jim? Six foot seven. That's tall. I'm not saying he's not. Do you consider the Undertaker to be tall? Yes. Six foot seven. But not the, first of all, the tallest is not part of this. That's a different, but the biggest. You got King Kong Bundy. Yes. You got Haystack Scalhoun and then Hillbilly (laughs) Jim. Like it just doesn't add up. Like I know he became like a, a shill for Coliseum Video in later years. So maybe that's like. They were trying to court him somehow, but I'm just saying he's not among the tallest. He is. Six foot seven is a... Can you imagine if he was wrestling in today's WWE? He'd be a giant. Be a jobber. No way. Six, a, six seven, is that's, that's like a foot taller than everybody else. Yes. Here's the team of Hillbilly Jim and No Way Jose. That's a good team. Piper's Pit next with Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer. Who is legitimately going to be in, in that biggest conversation because he was like 600 pounds. And then we finish things off. Uh, no, we don't finish things off. We got a lot more. Sorry. Uh, we've got Ivan the Terrible and Billy the Kid against Butch Cassidy and Tiny Tom. So that's get, a little guy's match. I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. And then Tiger Jackson, who is Dink the, Dink the Clown, I believe, and the Haiti Kid against Poncho Boy and Dana Carpenter. There's the second. Carpentier. Our second. Uh, I wonder if they do like the rowboat and like the bite on the tush. <laughs> the bite the referee on the ass, yeah. Like, but they also there was like a rowboat one where like they do a row and then the referee oh, I, gets I know in there the, and they do the rowboat. They don't use that enough today. No, I've never. But I haven't seen anybody do I, the rowboat. I'd like. I'd like to see the kids in AEW try that rowboat move. I think that the young bucks could do a rowboat. Yeah. And pull it off if they're listening. Yeah. From there we go to Sky Low Low and Butch Cassidy. That's a three in a row. Wait. Sky Lolo and Butch Cassidy against Sunny Boy Hayes and Little Beaver. And then Little Joey Jeez. and Frenchie Lamont against Little Brutus and Sky Lolo. Jeez, this is a, that's a seven in a row. Yeah. And not to be like that guy, but I feel like it's all the same match. Of course. Yeah. It's like the rowboat. Bite the ref on the tush. They weren't very nuanced back in the uh the Maybe 70s, like a schoolboy trip of the ref. <laughs> rowboat. The shit writes itself. Bite the tush. Yeah. Um, Is anyone listening to the show? <laughs> how could you not be? We're talking about Hillbilly Jim and Skylo, though. You've got from the 1970s some rugged Russians highlights. So I guess Nikolai, maybe Ivan Koloff. Got another match featuring Gorilla Monsoon and the Wolfman. Big feud there. Eddie yeah. Creechman. Uh, you got some highlights of Pampero Furpo. 
Furpo. I don't I've know. I've heard that before. I don't know. He seems he feels like a 1970s guy. Luke Graham highlights one of the Bushwhackers. Is that what it is? I don't know. No, that's Luke Williams. Oh, okay. So I don't know who the hell is Luke Graham. <clears throat> Luke Graham? I don't know, like Wild Luke Graham? <laughs> sure. That sounds like a 70s gimmick. Here is Wild Luke Graham. <laughs> that's how I do it if I was uh, Marty the Ring announcer. You've got an interview with the Grand Wizard. Oh. You've got Curtis Ikea? <laughs> no, that's a different wizard. Uh, Mad Dog Vachon against Bobby Colt. Oh, Bobby Colt Cabana. <laughs> You've got a, uh, a TNT episode with Mr. Fuji and, and Moondog. Not Moondogs? sure which. Not where, it just says Moondog. Mil Mascaris highlights. I feel like this might be a different video, in fact. Because like we're no longer near the biggest, strangest, strongest. No, those are some of the strangest that you're naming. How's where does Mil Mascaris fit into He's that? He's very strange. He wears a mask. He speaks a different language. It's strange. In the 1980s, I guess. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Captain Lou Albano highlights. He's strange. You've got Nikolai Volkov, your your buddy, singing the Russian national yeah. anthem. Good singer, barrel-chested, strong man. <laughs> You've got the TNT show where Bobby Heenan, Big John Studd, and Ken Patera are barbers. Oh, because they're practicing for Andrea. Yes. Or maybe this is after they cut his hair. I'm Got not it. sure. Was that, that was at Maple Leaf Gardens? This was a TNT show. No, no. I'm saying when they cut Andre's hair. No, it was Madison Square Garden. Yeah? yeah. Uh, so we weren't at that? No, we were definitely not and at there that. There was no LJM playset where you could cut Andre's hair? I heard that was coming in the catalog. And Somebody it never did. An informant told me about that. Um, then you've got Bobby Heenan and the Missing Link together for TNT appearance. During his- Imagine that. And now AEW's on TNT. There you go. It's full circle. And then finally, uh, ending this video only in a manner it only could end, George the Animal Steel against Steve Lombardi. Wow, Lombardi making the cut. Yes. So out of all that strangeness and strongness and, and all of that wackiness, is that a video you'd want to own? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's move ahead a little bit. This is actually the first um, Coliseum video I owned. And it was on Betamax. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I forgot I was, that your parents had a beta player. Yes. You know what they were watching on that? The best of WWF Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> now that you're older, though, can so, you at least acknowledge that, like, why did your parents have a beta machine? That was that was the big thing at the time. Well, for a specific genre of film, it was. Wrestling videos. <laughs> there were a lot of Coliseum beta releases. Along with? Disney. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, okay, all right. That's that's about as far as I'd like to take it. Fair. Right. So the best of the WWF Volume 3. Yes. Volume 3? What happened to Volume 2? I don't know. This is, this is just highlights. I'm not... Are we going to come back to Coliseum Video in a future episode? Would you like to? Yes. All right. Sorry, go ahead. So we start off with Superfly Snooker, your guy. Against Rowdy Roddy Piper in the very rare... I guess they did have a blow-off. They did. The Fijian strap match. Mm. I feel like Snooka won this by count-out, if I'm not mistaken. And I also remember about this video, because I watched it like 45 times, is that Jesse Ventura was commentating completely on his own. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's, that is strange. Yeah. And then maybe like the other guy just wasn't there as part He's of the He's pulling a solely? Yeah. He's trying to do it on his own. Um... Then you've got Steamboat against Bob Orton Jr. Steamboat's first appearance. Yes. Well, in our little And that chronology. Steamboat Bob Orton Jr. match is like showing up all over the place. It was a really good match. Everybody knows that match. 
I feel like we commentated over it once. It's actually, a, it's a very popular yeah. match. It was. It was a good technical. Was that from Maple Leaf Gardens? Boston Gardens. Ah, I have no idea how I remember that, but it was in the Boston Gardens. You've got the British Bulldogs making their first uh, appearance here, no relation, against Rene Goulet and the unpredictable Johnny Rods. Wow. And then they go from there to the British Bulldogs, again, no relation, versus the Hart Foundation. Much better match. Gold. That, now, you can imagine by that point, those guys probably had that match 500 times before that match, you know, because they all came up in Calgary, Calgary together. Calgary, yeah, for they sure. They probably had that match 100 times. Yeah. They could have had that match in their sleep. Yeah. And that's one to, to worth uh, tracking down on the WWE Network. That's gold. Every time these. They took uh, British Bulldogs. Play. We're on top. We're on. We're set. We're lighting the world on fire. Absolutely. Uh, we've got the TNT clip with George the Animal Steel uh, having psychotherapy. This is the How Now mm-hmm. Brown Cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You remember that one well. Uh, Six man tag team action Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo, and George the Animal Steel. Sheik, Volkov. You would think, because that was the first Saturday Night's main event. Here, though, they're against Adrian Adonis, Big John Studd, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bizarre. What a random six-man. David Sammartino against Brutus Beefcake. And this was, uh, if I remember correctly, this was highlights from WrestleMania 1. They fought at WrestleMania 1? They did. And that was like the worst match on the entire show, which is saying something, because WrestleMania 1 was not. Uh, you know, five-star classic. Uh, but that was just to set up the tag team match, Bruno and David Sammartino against Brutus Beefcake and Luscious Johnny Valiant. He's done giving love advice and he's ready to, to hit the ring. Yeah. Then you've got a clip from the TNT show where King Kong Bundy tries on wigs. Ah, that was a good one. Yes. No, it was. I remember it. Yeah. And then uh, this leads into a match, King Kong Bundy against Tony Gurria again. Rematch. It's probably the same match. Mania? Yeah. Six no, seconds? No, that was SD special oh, that delivery. Was SD. Jones. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. My bad. And uh, then we finished things off with the Battle Royal. This might have been the one where Big John said won, actually. Andre. Now that I'm thinking about it. It was, yeah, it was Stutter Andre. One of them won. Andre or, always won the Battle Royals. Not always. Mostly. Mostly, yes. Yeah. Or like Jimmy Hart might have or won Volkoff. it or something. Yeah. Volkoff didn't win. <laughs> I have nothing against Nikolai Volkov, yeah, people. Clearly you do. As no, soon, I, as soon as I bring him up, you like uh, blow a gasket. I, I met him later in life. He was very nice to my son. Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. Uh, good performer. I'm just saying he's not in like my top five strongest. That's all. He's a strong guy. I'm. He's stronger than me. Like I'm. I'm not denying his like physical acumen. I mean, I, I'm if just. There, if there was someone I could call, I would. I just don't know who could back this up. Sheik. I can't call Sheik right now and ask him how strong Nikolai is. It's not appropriate. That that would be a hell of a get, though. You can imagine. What about DeMarco? Is he available? Carl DeMarco. Carl DeMarco? Yeah. Would He's he be not able, available, no. He wouldn't be able to attest to uh, Volkov's strength. Okay. So, next one I, I've selected here is the 11th Coliseum Home Video. And this is the Amazing Managers. Do you remember this one? Yes. Elizabeth maybe made her debut in this video. She did. Yeah. So the first match in here is Mr. Fuji and the Magnificent Morocco against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Junkyard Dog. Good match. Wasn't bad. I heard a rumor about the dog, but uh, she's got to rewind if you want to hear it. (laughs) Uh, You got Luscious Johnny Valiant against Steve Lombardi next. That's a shit show. (laughs) 
Why are they fighting? Who's the baby face? Uh, I guess that's Lombardi? A good I guess Lombardi, yeah. Sympathetic? Yeah, how could you love Luscious Johnny no, B? there's I no mean, way he's yeah, a good exactly. guy. Yeah, exactly. And he's a manager at this point, too, so. Lombardi he's, did the J-O-B? He's, yeah, he's just trying to get an extra paycheck because he was probably like, repping like Dino Bravo or whatever. Uh, you've got an interview with the Grand Wizard. You've got Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo against Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov from WrestleMania. You, got Nikolai you know Vol- who won that match, right? Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, yeah. your, your pal. Right. With his brute strength. Hell yeah. Had Federal nothing chested. to do with, with Freddie Blassie's cane. Then Nikolai's on again. Hey, Siri. How tall is Nikolai Volkov? Six foot four. 315 pounds. He said six foot seven a few minutes ago. No, that was uh, Hillbilly Jim. Sure. Nikolai Volkov against George the Animal Steel. Got a TNT clip again with Jimmy Hart and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Wendy Richter versus Fabulous Mula again. Wendy Richter versus Leilani Kai. Hey, Siri. How strong is Nikolai Volkov? <laughs> Nikolai Volkov. He's pretty strong, according to Siri. That's what Siri is saying. Yes. But tell me. No, what is, what is Siri saying specifically about Volkov's strength? Um, nothing specifically. But, no? But, uh, you know, he's strong. Okay. They agree. All right, I'm glad. I'm glad we stared that down. Bobby the Brain Heenan is up next. Guess what he's doing? Uh, love advice. Yes. Really? Yes. Jeez. This leads to Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy attacking Andre the Giant, which I do believe happened in Maple Leaf Gardens. Is that the haircut? No, that's injuring his ribs. Maple Leaf Gardens represent. You go from there. Bruno San Martino against Beepo Mongol. Who? Oh, Beepo, who happens to be. Nikolai Volkov. Now, that was a strong Mongol. <laughs> I will give him that. Is it really Nikolai? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Well, he was, he was one of the Mongols. He was that one, Bipo Mongol. I believe you're right. I, I've seen that before, for sure. Um, Ivan Putsky against Jesse Ventura, but not in a regular wrestling match. This is an wrestling. arm wrestling contest. Yeah. Yes. The Iron Sheik is waving around his Persian clubs using his considerable strength. Big John Stud is BJS. back <laughs> with a bench press record. Oh, he set, set the record? He set it before our CD, before Dino Bravo. Wow. And then we finished the video off with several Ken Patera tests of strength. Yeah, but where's Elizabeth? Are you sure you read the right fucking video matches there? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Was that like strongest wrestlers video with all those bench pressings? From there we go to. The- <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you got to hear about some random matches that aren't in the managers thing. But they could have been like we were we were fooled. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that could be on there. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. I didn't question it uh, until I noticed the lack of Elizabeth. <laughs> and how an amazing managers video. I, I think you were with- reading off of the strongmen wrestling yeah, strongmen or something like that. I got the pages mixed up. This is like the pages are stuck in the printers. I had to like fish them out. And fair, then- fair, fair. I didn't number them. Um, so from th- here we go to uh, several managers attempting to sign Randy Savage. Yes. Which led to Miss Elizabeth. Yes. And Randy Savage against Jim Young. Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior. The Hillbillies. Against Barry O and Jerry Adams. Ooh. Now how that. You know who and- Jerry Adams turned out to be. No. Jerry Sags. No. But how did hold on? How did that end up on the amazing managers who managed who repped the the hellbillies? 
Hillbilly Jim. He did. <laughs> he did. Hillbilly Jim was not a manager until he managed like the Godwins like 20 no, years later. No, but he also like managed Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior and Cousin Luke. What, what kind of managerial acumen would he bring to the table? Well, he, if he, was... he had that fucking golden horseshoe. Yeah, but was he like managing their checkbooks? Was he planning strategy? Was he figuring out how Dude, like they got to, from town to town? They were making towns, and Hillbilly was making sure everything everybody was taken care of. All right. Well, I can't argue with that logic. Uh, we have Jimmy Hart and Freddie Blassie on the TNT show. Love advice, <laughs> probably. Uh, Captain Lou winning manager of the year, and that's where he got hit with the gold record. Piper. So we foreshadowed that we earlier. Sure did. Captain Lou on the TNT show. Love advice. <laughs> Probably. And then, here he has this for tying things together. Andre the Giant and Pedro Morales against Captain Lou Albano and Afa. Yeah. That's maybe where he got hit in the head with the wooden chair. I hope so. Because he deserves it. Yeah. Because why else would they feature that random ass match? Because they want to get on Andre on the video. Maybe. We got time for one more. All right. I mean, unless you want to keep going. But no, I, I think 53 I th minute mark. I feel like we have time for one more. All right. Because uh, we can always come back to to the ones that we didn't get to. I think so. Uh, unless you want to just rattle through some titles and maybe I could try to guess a match or something. Or... We'll, we'll come back to let me Let me go through one more video. OK. And then see uh, how we feel. Yeah. Take the temperature of the audience here. Yes. Uh, have we I don't know if we've mentioned this yet. Jack of all trades is now available on Netflix. I uh, encourage you to check that out. Grudge matches. Yes. What would you consider a grudge match in your mind? Snooka versus Morocco. Mm -hmm. Snooka versus Piper. Mm -hmm. Hogan versus Dr. D. David Schultz or Big John Stud. Mm -hmm. Really? No. Um, Randy Macho Man Savage against Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat against Jake the Snake Roberts. Bruno Sammartino against Larry Zbysko. Uh, from 1963, a women's battle royal. <laughs> Junkyard Dog versus Kembatera. Those are all excellent guesses. Absolutely none of them appear on this video called Grudge Matches. Okay. We start off with Hulk Hogan against the Magnificent Morocco. Okay. I remember there was quite a bit of color to this match. I remember watching this one. I can also tell you that Hogan fought Morocco on Saturday Night's Main Event when Bundy set up WrestleMania 2 main event. Happiest day of my life. Terry Funk against the Junkyard Dog. Well, you know this story. Terry Funk was so tired of working with the Junkyard Dog. That's how I heard about the Junkyard Dog, actually. Terry Funk was so tired of working with the Junkyard Dog that he told Vince McMahon he's going home because his horse is sick. And he left WWF and did not come back until 10 years later as Chainsaw Charlie or whatever it was. So you can look that up and stick that in your pipe. But Junkyard Dog versus Terry Funk is what drove Terry Funk out of the WWF. The next match on Are you here? disagreeing with that? No, I'm just, I just wanted to point out something. The next match on this is Terry Funk versus Junkyard Dog. Again. See, like Terry would show up to the building and be like, who am I working? And he'd be like, junkyard. And he'd be like, I'm like, done. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Because he was getting hurt. And Dog was just, you know, sloppy at that point. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm sure there was partying and who knows what was going on. Right. So Funk did not like to work with Funk JYD. Funk did not like it. You learn something new every week on this podcast. That's why you have to listen. Yes. And why you also have to watch Jack of All Trades on Netflix. Yes. From there, we go to Bruno Sammartino against Ivan Koloff. Ah. 
Which Thanks wasn't Gretch. a great... I mean, it was a one-off match. Gretch. It was an important match, but Didn't it was Didn't Ivan Koloff beat him for the belt? He did. In that match? I believe so. This was uh, November 1975. Well, that would have been a grudge match. No, it was a one and done. And then Backlund beat Koloff? Yes. Maybe. Or Pedro Morales no, beat Pedro, Koloff. Pedro Morales beat Ivan Koloff. And then but, superstar Billy Graham beat Pedro. And then Backlund beat superstar Billy Graham? Yes. Huh. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Now we're up to speed. Uh, Tito Santana against yes. Greg the Hammer Valentine. In a... This is where Valentine won the Intercontinental title. Oh. And then Tito Santana against Greg Valentine in a steel cage match where Santana regained the title. Ah, re- regained. Regained. I learned the word regained and retained from watching wrestling as a kid. There were so many, like, bias and... Um, Versus. And, like, so many... The uh, Netherlands and Tillys I never knew about until Ted DiBiase. Uh, uh, West uh, uh, Antigua in the West Indies. Yeah, exactly. We learned our geography and our Uganda. history and, and uh, world events from uh, from wrestling videos. Bruno Stone Sam- Mountain, Georgia. <laughs> Bruno Sammartino against superstar Billy Graham. It's the next grudge match. Yep. And then it finishes off with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T against Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff from WrestleMania. Yes. Wow. They're getting a lot of mileage out of WrestleMania. Fuck yeah, they are. Yeah. So we got time for one more. That one right. was pretty fast. All right. Um, I just don't, I want to make sure I'm not messing. Okay, let's go to ahead. Best of the WWF Volume 7. Okay. All right. What match do you think would kick things off? If you were doing the absolute <laughs> best of the company. Hard Foundation versus the British Bulldogs. Is it a singles match or is it a tag? It's a singles match. Ricky Steamboat against Jake the Snake Roberts. Very close. Ricky Steamboat against Don Morocco. Pedro Morales versus Terry Funk. Huh. And it was working with Pedro that got Funk so pissed that he called <laughs> Vince and said, I'm leaving. My horse is sick. I thought he was upset because Nikolai Volkov was too strong. Was well, that not? Anyways. Another, another uh, discussion for another time. Hulk Hogan against Randy Savage. And this was way before the Mega Powers. This was like early in Hogan's uh, first title reign. That was a good match. I remember that. Uh, Captain Lou Albano. Here he is yet again. And he's in a match against Arnold Scotland. You're not looking too impressed. That's a probably a... a, a puh, can only imagine what happened in that match. Probably shenanigans. This, that was from 1977. Oh, the well, then they were actually like in shape. Another match from 1977 is Haystacks Calhoun. There he is. Your family favorite. <laughs> yes. And Tony Gurria. Ah, Gurria showing up. Yeah. Against Toru Tanaka. Professor. Yes. Uh, he'd earned his, uh, his, his degree. His master's. <laughs> and Mr. Fuji. Yes. And this was such an explosive match, it had to be contested under two out of three falls rules. At least it's not three out of five. <laughs> true, true enough. Got Tony Atlas against Ken Patera. Ooh, Battle of the Strongmen. Yes. Uh, you got highlights from the first ever Slammy Awards. Oh, I'd like to watch that. That would probably be because we always everybody defaults to the second Slammies with like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Harley no, but Race. There was like, the first one when Hogan when uh, Vince sang Stand Back. No, that was the same. Uh, that was the one I just mentioning. Oh, this there was, was before a that. Before that, yes. And who won? The fans. Yes. Uh, I I think it was more like musical. Numbers. I don't think there was like a much like Hazarai and shenanigans. I gotta watch that. Yeah, that would be good. I'd watch it for sure. 
It's funny you mentioned this earlier, the British Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation again. Uh, yeah, see, they should Volume be Volume 7. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. And then uh, Jacques and Raymond Rougeau. Ah, finally. Guess who they're against? Jacques and Raymond Rougeau, uh, Beefcake and Valentine. Final answer? No. <laughs> uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. No. Uh, Rougeau's against the Heart Foundation. Nope. The Rougeau's against... Did I say it already? No. The Rougeau's... Is it against two like random people that are mismatched? Or is it like an, it's actual, an actual tag team? It's an actual tag team. Kind of. Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck did the Rougeau's fight? Moondogs, Rex, <laughs> and Spot. Oh, the Moondogs. Because yeah. when you think best of the company. Yeah, I would have never considered and, the Moondogs. And then we end up with a match that I actually would like to see, and I remember this being uh, written about in WWF Magazine. Iron Sheik and your guy, Nikolai Volkov, against Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah. Battle Leg- of the Bad Guys. Match. Yeah. Yeah, so. only the fans won that one. I, I would watch that. that. That actually does seem kind of interesting. So, Stu, yes. any closing thoughts on either Jack of All Trades, the uh, the documentary that's now trending on Netflix? I actually or- had such a great time with you here, and I always do. I love talking wrestling, and I love going over this old stuff, and this was a real treat and a real hoot. And I think that the first thing I'm going to do is go rush to my WWE network and try to look up some of these titles mm-hmm. and see if I can't relive some of these Bobby Bass classics. And some of these, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura, Ivan Putsky arm wrestling matches. Um, Sal Balomo pizza gimmick, the the pizza push of 84. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing how that transpired where he's like teaming with Andre all of a sudden. Etc. Yeah. I am run, rushing out to my local video flicks. Um, I wish. You, uh, well, I'm not allowed in there, but uh, I'd go to Video Visa or... Uh, What's the video flick story? Well... Late charges, unpaid. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was more CD than that. No. Um, Videoflex was where it's at. The, the big the, one that was like at the Longos. Not, yes. not Not like the... Rybowski's Videoflex, yes. No, not his version. I'm talking about the one that was actually physically where Longos is now. Like Yes. It was like, yeah, he didn't work at that. He worked when it moved over into the... It's not the same. How is it not the same? Because it's one the of them same. is like a super mega store and one of them is a smaller version. It was still pretty big. Not the there same. There was lots of wrestling content but there. But not the same. Not the same. All right. Video stores used to be open 24 hours back then. It was... It was. It, and you could go it, at like 3 in the morning and like rent wrestling videos and Nintendo uh, games. Although if you did, like would you get very strange looks from the... Uh, the not parts? really. I mean, it was pretty expected at that point to like, you know, 24 hours. Things were 24 hours back then. Yes. Do you have Best of the WWF Volume 12? I wish. Why do you have the match listing? No, no, no. But I'm just saying that's something you would say at like video flicks yes. at three in the morning. No, I would just rush over some... to the. I didn't even ask. I just go to the wrestling section. Yeah. Interesting. Any any closing thoughts, Stu? Yeah. Uh, Coliseum videos were amazing, and obviously a precursor to these, you know, spoiled rotten fans now that have anything they want at the push of a button whenever they want. Um, you know, we would have to wait months in between releases, sometimes years, uh, for new videos to make their way to our local video store. And then, you know, the other thing was competing with other wrestling fans in the neighborhood to get your hands on one of maybe one or two copies of any of these uh, videos. So it was a golden era, and it definitely was part of the mystique of wrestling was that you could either watch it on Saturdays um, or Sundays, you know, at noon or whenever it came on, uh, or you'd have to go to the video store and rent these, these cassettes. 
So, yeah, I loved them, and I still love them, and obviously we both love them. The theme to our show is the Coliseum video. That iconic music. That iconic sure. music. So, obviously, you know how we feel about it around here, but two thumbs up from me for any Coliseum release from that era. I think it starts going downhill after that, but uh, that's um, an episode. Conversation for another time. Yeah, I, I'm just going to close with one quick Coliseum video story, if I if I can indulge you. You can. So back in the day at our local mall in Thornhill, Ontario. Yes. Um, there were rumors that there was some sort of Coliseum distribution center in our at the like the top floor of the mall. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, so myself and my friend Mike, rest in peace. Um, I was thinking about him today. I swear to God. But yeah? Anyway, go ahead. About Coliseum video and no, him, or just no, him. just just yeah. separate. Gotcha. Um, he, he, uh, convinced me we need to go upstairs to this, this top floor and this was restricted. Like you couldn't get up there or whatever. Um, so we got, got up to the floor somehow by hook or by Don't you remember it felt like so secretive to go up to those floors, but really you're just getting in an elevator and pushing the floor. Yeah, that's pretty but much it. But as kids, it felt like secret. Yes. Yeah. Like past Dr. Gers's yes. office and all the way to the past top American floor. American stamping coin. <laughs> yes. Yes. This was the top floor, like the penthouse, if you will. And, uh, sure enough, there were. Coliseum video like material. I wish I had this to the day. Uh, to this day, there were these like promotional like one pages for like the best of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, best of WWF, best of Bruno Sammartino, all this stuff. Um, so we we collected all these and like I said, I wish I still had them. Like probably decorated my room with these at the time. And the only problem was we didn't have access to that floor. So to escape the building, we had to actually activate the fire escape. To uh, to Thornhill Square. Good times. Yeah, yeah. So like, bittersweet. Now, fun fact. Mark Levy's father. Do you know Mark Levy? No. You know Mark Levy. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mark Levy's father owned the video store at Thornhill Square. And yes. I'm almost positive that was likely his office up there that had those home video releases up there. Just saying. Mark, if you're listening to this, and, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, Let us know. <laughs> and apologies for the uh, B&E back in the day. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully we, he's listening. We His were, dad owned Video Visa. I think that's what it was called. It wasn't Video Visa. Video but Connection? I, maybe. I, I remember the store for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that there was... I don't know that why... That was probably his office make, up there. So why would he have all that like? Because they bought wrestling material. videos. It was like a huge thing. And yeah. like they, you know... It all makes sense now. It makes more sense than your theory that like there's like some random Coliseum <laughs> distribution center on like the sixth floor of fucking Thornhill Square. It does. It, it and this is this is what this podcast is all about. Just putting together the pieces so we can we can figure things like this. Yes. Out. So, yeah, who needs so therapy? Exactly. Uh, Stu, you're at at Stu Stone yes, on Twitter, I am. and I'm at Canadian Bulldog. Check out CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, and also uh, if you have time. Check out Jack of All Trades on Netflix. Yes, please do. And, and thank you for listening to this show. And we're going to be doing this again as long as people uh, keep enjoying it. Mark Levy, let us know. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff for yes. uh, putting this together, by the way. More important than Mark Levy and his well, father. Well, I wouldn't go uh, that far. Well, thank you, Cable Guy Jeff. <laughs>